This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. How would you like a 15% discount to my daily email, the stack of stuff, the show notes, discounts to the conference, all of that? All you need to do is text the word SHOW to 33777. You'll get the annual subscription with a 15% discount to my daily email. You'll get the stack of stuff, the links to the show notes, discounts to the conference, and so much more. All you have to do is text the word SHOW, S-H-O-W, to 33777. Text SHOW to 33777. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you'd like to be on the program, you can text the word DATA, D-A-T-A, to 33777. Subscribe to the show notes, but also buy my book, You Shall Be As God. You, you want to buy my book because it makes me look good. It's a good book, too. I read it. <laughs> I wrote it. So, okay, I will tell you, I, I had a, my buddy Bill Blankshane, who's helped me with um, my book, um, You Will Be Made to Care, helped me with this book. So what we did is we sat down a couple times a week and did these, like, four-hour conversations, and he would type out the transcripts uh, so that I didn't have to do the typing. I just had to essentially uh, monologue the chapters, and then he wrote them, and and we edited them, and although I got to tell you, his edits are so good that I was like, "Oh my gosh, I should have said this instead." Um, so it it's my work, but he he typed it after I spoke it into being. So, <laughs> but I just I always feel bad. It's like you should you should be named as like a co-author. He's like, no, I mean it's it's your book, it's your words. I'm just like writing them out. Um, so some of it is actually from some of my monologues. Um, wrapping them together, just kind of explaining how progressivism, secular progressivism is now a religion. I mean, they do. Just think about this. Think about what what do religions have? Religions have anthems. They they have hymns. They have uh, gatherings together of the faithful. They have priests. They have liturgies. They have lamentations. They have orthodoxy. They have doctrine. There are heretics and apostates. All of that you see now with the secular religion. Their high priests are the leaders of Planned Parenthood and certain prominent uh, Democratic protesters and activists. Their their church now is in the street in protest. It's how they get connected to the divine. They have hymns and anthems that they sing. Imagine is the worst one of them all, and they always sing it. 
I, I, I y'all, I'm still, I, I'm still kind of laughing at Rosalind Carter's funeral where they sing "Imagine, Imagine There's No Heaven." Yeah, that's exactly what you want to sing in a church. My goodness, who thought that was a good idea? Um, but I mean, they do. They, they they give tithes. It's to activist organizations like Planned Parenthood and and these uh, Hamas pro Hamas organizations. It, they've got liturgies. They have orthodoxy now that uh, you can pick your own gender, and and if you, if you say anything else, you're defying it. I mean, they burn you at the stake, like uh, they, they claim the Catholic Church wanted to do to Galileo because he was pro science. Now they're anti science, claiming they're science. It is a religion, and so my book, "You Shall Be as Gods," explains where this comes from. It's actually something very, very, very ancient, uh, very pagan. Uh, that has come, in, and we trace it through uh, the Roman pagan times to the rise of Christianity and, and how the paganism combated it into the Age of Enlightenment, where the Gnostic ideas of old morphed yet again to the present time. And then we also offer you solutions of how to deal with it for you and your family. And I say we because I, I it Bill's my partner in this, um, and it, he, he's, he's so great to partner with on these these sorts of things. Um, and it's not the royal we, but I'm happy with the way it turned out. The cover is amazing. The cover of this book. So this is my fourth book, and it's my favorite cover. And I had no input on the cover. They just sent it to me. It's like, do not change a thing. It was great. You can order it by texting DATA to 33777. Uh, oh, I was turning to the phones here because uh, Trish was on the phone. She's hung up. I did want to want to let her speak. So um, we had a caller who is suggesting essentially, I don't want to put words in her mouth, but Trump is playing the level of 3D chess with his statements that presidents should have complete immunity because he wants to highlight the ridiculous of the whole thing. That may be true, but here's the problem with that. Allowing your lawyer to go to court, and that's the argument your lawyer makes, precludes better arguments that could uh, could protect you while not embracing the most ridiculous argument. That that's If, if that's what they're doing... They haven't helped him in three-dimensional chess. They've put him in a worse position. And here's why. In the oral arguments in that case before the Court of Appeals, the judges were trying to find a path for presidential immunity that also allows prosecution of presidents for things they should do outside of the immunity. And if Trump's lawyers conceded that that was reality, then they would have to argue that what he did was within his presidential powers as opposed to the president as a candidate. By arguing for this broad blanket presidential immunity, he's forcing the judges to choose between this argument and every other argument, and he's undermined his position. It's better to fall back on the reasonable position and say Trump's actions fall into that than to say that it doesn't matter what his actions are, he can't be prosecuted uh, because he's got presidential immunity. That's that's. You may want to highlight the absurdity of it, but you've also just screwed your client in doing that. The fact that Trump's doubling down on it is is a terrible strategy. That's not three dimensional chess. That that's that's not even checkers. That's like I mean rolling the dice and hoping for the best, and you get snake eyes instead. Yeah, James Carville rears his head. <laughs> All right, I gotta move on. I, I got I gotta I gotta move on because uh, we gotta talk about well problems elsewhere in the world that you have to know about. So this is the hour of the program where I, it is not my job to bore you to death. 
But these are topics that you're probably not going to hear on other conservative radio programs today, but you should know them so that you're smarter than everyone else. And also, they're deeply relevant to your life. One of my frustrations too often with conservative talk radio is it's all politics all the time. It's the raw politics of Washington. we got an entire world out there. And whether you want to believe you're interconnected into it or not, we are. I've seen it myself growing up overseas, how interconnected the world is with us and looks to us for leadership. And the Biden administration, Jake Sullivan, is getting swirlies in the global bathroom toilet by the Iranians with this stuff. Let let me start here with this. This was written eight days before October 7th, 2023. October 7th, 2023 is when Hamas invaded Israel put babies in ovens, cut off the heads of toddlers, raped women before shooting them in the back of the heads, and all the other travesties of that day. Eight days before Jake Sullivan, the national security advisor for Joe Biden, was speaking at the Atlantic Festival, rattling off a long list of positive developments in the Middle East, developments that were allowing the Biden administration to focus on other regions and other problems. A truce was holding in Yemen, Iranian attacks against U.S. forces had stopped. America's presence in Iraq was stable. The good news crescendoed with this statement. The Middle East region is quieter today than it has been in two decades. One week later, a shocking multi-front attack launched by the Iranian-supported Hamas against Israel has turned the Middle East into a maelstrom. The assault almost 50 years to the day after the surprise Arab attack on Israel that marked the opening of the Yom Kippur War could represent a paradigm-shifting moment as big as 9-11. Hamas terrorists infiltrated by land, sea, and air. Eight days before Hamas invaded Israel, Jake Sullivan stood on stage and gloated The Middle East region is quieter today than it has been in two decades. As someone who grew up in the region, let me just tell you the quiet always precedes the storm. When I was a kid, my dad worked in the Persian Gulf on oil platforms. And we were there during the Iran-Iraq war. Our home was down the street in Dubai from the Iranian hospital. And during the height of the war, there would be wounded people lined up outside the hospital waiting for triage and treatment. You drive past the hospital after a very bad day of the Iran-Iraq war and there would be bodies. And then the bodies stopped coming. body stopped coming. It seemed to be that maybe peace was on the horizon. There was quiet. There were still skirmishes. There were still skirmishes. There were still bad things, but nothing like that had happened. We weren't driving down the street now and seeing long lines of bodies, people with bags of blood, people bandaged, the crematorium, the ash wasn't flowing out of the crematorium. And then I was sitting 
in my performing arts class. And you could see it before you could hear it. Our school was two blocks from the Persian Gulf. You could look out maybe three, three blocks, four blocks from the Persian Gulf. You could look out and see from the third floor of our building. It was a, it was a tall building, high ceilings, big floors, three stories up in the high school building, looking out, sunny day, few clouds in the sky. You could see it before you heard it. Massive fireball. Massive fireball out on the horizon, but big enough to see. You waited and waited and waited. Waited a little more. Then the windows rattled. The sound of the explosion made it on shore. The Iranians had started blowing up the oil fields. Started blowing up the oil fields. I remember we we left school early that day. My dad's platform was evacuated. I remember walking down the street and an F-16 flew over, firing a missile overhead. I'll never forget. That's something you'll never forget. You'll never, ever forget when a fighter jet is over your head and fires a missile. You run and scream and think something's going to fall on you. The Iranians, all that quiet was just the quiet before the storm, started blowing up the oil fields. They weren't even the Iraqi oil fields. They were oil fields that the Americans uh, were operating in the Persian Gulf. The American Navy had to move in quick. The USS Samuel B. Roberts sailed into a minefield, was blown up, nearly destroyed, made it to dry docks. Our family wound up housing a lot of the enlisted. I'd wake up in the morning as there'd be sailors on the floor asleep, actually dyed some of their uniforms. I decided I'd help. I I was dressing their their fine whites and just threw all the clothes in together, and some of them bought some clothes and threw all the clothes in together. I didn't know you had to separate the whites from the reds. The whites became pinks for the Navy. My mother was a little mad at me. I was just trying to help the sailors and well, they suddenly had these pink uniforms. Uh, it's always calmest before the storm, Jake Sullivan. He should have known that. He should have wondered why was this happening. Anyone with any expertise in the in the Middle East would have known when the calm comes like that, when it's quieter today than it has been in two decades, that means something bad is coming. And you know what the bad is now? Pakistan has just launched attacks in Iran because Iran has allowed bad guys to hide out in Iran and launch attacks in Pakistan. So now let's let's get the region on the board here. We've got Israel dealing with Hezbollah in the north, Hamas in the south. You've got the Syrian situation with the Russians. Now you've got the Red Sea and the Houthi and the Houthi against the Yemenis and the Saudis. You've got the Saudis, the Qataris, the Bahrainians and the Emiratis and the Omanians and the Egyptians and against the Houthi and the Iranians, and now the Iranians against the Pakistanis and Iraq in between, wondering what the heck is going on. How are we the ones not at war right now? This is Joe Biden's Middle East. It's on fire because the Biden administration showed weakness, not strength. The Biden administration so arrogantly decided it could rethink the plays on the board of the Middle East. They led the region to war. And today, Pakistan is bombing Iran, and Iran is about to respond, aggressively expanding the plays on the board and every single bit of it 
comes back to the Biden administration deciding to give Iran a bunch of money that they knew would go to terrorism, which is exactly what happened. Every dead person in the Middle East can be attributed to the Biden administration's feckless, weak, insane foreign policy led by men who squat to pee. Hello, America. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here. Uh, For those of you listening on my flagship station, WSB in Atlanta, uh, I'm going to be at Eddie's Attic tomorrow night at 7. My buddy Mike Kinnebrew is a rising great, great singer, uh, very talented. And he asked me if I'd come by, and I'm going to come by. uh, And and I've never been to Eddie's Attic before, Um, so I'll be there. And then the Spotted Cow tonight. So my buddy uh, Jason is a pastor at Christ's Covenant in Atlanta, and he does these men's events um, where it's a massive gathering of, of guys uh, come together a couple times a year for this spotted cow where you all kind of sit down together, have a cigar, and talk about theology. So it should be a fun time. But thankfully, those of you who have seen the videos, I'm getting my hair cut first. Oh, my gosh. My hair has not been this long since COVID. I hate it. Um, I got so busy over Christmas and everybody in the house was sick. I couldn't get to the barber shop, and it just kept growing and growing and my hair grows very fast and it's getting gray on the edges and it's driving me insane. So I'm, if I can't actually get to my barber this afternoon, I'm just taking like a razor and shaving my head because I do not like having long hair. And everybody's like, oh, it looks so good. You, you should do this more often. Like, no, no, it's itchy and it's hot. I don't understand how you people do this. My son has this head of hair on him now. I mean, for lack of a better term, y'all, it, it, it's, it's what you'd call an afro. It, it is, it's this curly dome that he has, and he's got the, these restrictions at his school. His hair can't be... Uh, beneath his ears or beneath his eyebrows, and it grows straight out and up. It is this perfect dome, and it's finally gotten shaggy enough that his principal's making making him get a haircut. But he only wants to get it up above his eyebrows and his and his. It really, y'all, at this point, it's just impressive. It is a genuinely impressive dome of hair, and I keep trying to convince the board of governors at a school to add an altitude limit for hair, and they refuse because they want to see how high this chia pet head of hair gets of his. It is remarkable. It is just remarkable. I have to move on now. Stick around. You never know what I'm going to say. Oh, wait until you hear about Basil when we come back. Not Basil Hayden. Uh, I wish. Uh, nope, nope, nope. But right now, we, you know, it's relevant to this Basil discussion. We're going to have banks and foreign regulators trying to regulate American banks and control the banking system. And it's going to be all sorts of problems. And you need to figure out how you're going to protect your cash. Swiss America has been sounding the alarm about this. And they've got to report the secret war on cash and the assault on our freedoms, and they want you to have it. It is completely free. I've read it. It's a great read. You should read it. You can get it by calling or texting 800-289-2646. The all-out war on cash includes digital forms of currency. It is spreading daily, so you should read the secret war on cash report. It is completely free. You just mention my name, Eric Erickson, when you call or text my name, Eric Erickson, to 800-289-2646. 800-289-2646. You can also go to SwissAmerica.com slash Eric. That is SwissAmerica.com slash E-R-I-C-K or call or text Eric Erickson to 800-289-2646. Message and data rates may apply when you do that. Y'all, if you follow me on Twitter, I, I, I retweeted this. You can find it in my feed. This is the funniest thing I've seen in a while. So a, a uh, climate change protester 
tried to block the entrance to a cattle farmer's farm. You know that they're they're opposed to cattle farmers in a lot of Europe now because the the cattle belch and fart methane, which contributes to global warming. So they want the abolition of the cows. So this farmer uses his backhoe and in pushes the car out of the way with the climate uh, activists trying to uh, kick the heavy machinery, shoving his car out into the road. It's like, man, yeah, you you messed around and now you found out. Don't mess with farmers. Good gracious. Um, too bad he couldn't sick a bull on him. All right. I am about to dazzle you, regale you with stories and entertain you on the boringest topic imaginable. <laughs> How is that for a promo for, to keep you listening? You're about to hear Eric Erickson talk about the boringest thing on the planet. <laughs> Banking. No, actually, you you got to know about this because this is absurd. This is absurd. Um, so there's this thing percolating out there. And it is called Basil 3. It is a mind-numbing thing that is coming to your banking system if Joe Biden has his way, and it will lead to bad things. Now, the underlying premise of Basel Three is good, so let me explain this thing to you. So a group of um, international uh, committees came together, the Basel Committee on Banking Supervision. And they wanted to develop some international governable standards that all of the bank regulators in every country would agree to. Here's why, just so you understand. You know and I know that there are banks that are considered too big to fail. That the governments of the nations would come together and save And the regulators don't like the idea that there are some banks that if they destabilize could take down the entire global economy. J.P. Morgan is an example of a bank that is too big to fail. It's got hundreds of billions of dollars in reserves in case something goes wrong. It's one of the responsible ones. But there are other banks. Um, For example, Bank of America is another massive too big to fail bank. If, If Bank of America... Uh, were to collapse tomorrow, it would wreak havoc on the global economy. Deutsche Bank is one that is on the, had been on the verge of collapse, and it's kind of the one that in the economic turmoil of 2008 has precipitated this. Now, here's why. So banks are out there lending a bunch of money. The idea is that banks need to have enough reserves of cash to cover something if there's a global financial meltdown and all the people they've given money to can't pay back their money the banks need to have enough money on hand that the government should not have to bail out the banks the new rules would only apply to institutions with a hundred billion dollars or more in assets that includes 37 holding companies for us and foreign banks it only deal with the top 37 banks in the world. Some of the rules are so narrowly tailored that they would only apply to about the top seven banks in the world. Um, and, and so it doesn't technically affect everybody, but it kind of does. So here are, just so you know, 
These are the t biggest banks in the United States. J.P. Morgan Chase has, well, now to where did it go? $3.39 trillion in assets. Can you imagine that? $3.39 trillion in assets. You know, Elizabeth Warren is like looking at this and like getting sweaty thinking about it. Bank of America has $2.47 trillion in assets. Wells Fargo has $1.7 trillion in assets. Citigroup has $1.6 trillion in assets. U.S. Bank has $657.2 billion. PNC has $553 billion. Goldman Sachs has $538 billion. Truist Bank has $535 billion. Capital One is 468 and then it goes down from there. TD Group, Bank of New York, State Street, BMO, Citizens Financial, First Citizens Bank. Those are the top 15 banks in the United States. They're huge. And the biggest banks have just the, this massive, massive amount of assets. So, for example, um, globally, the Industrial and Commerce Bank of China is huge, the China Construction Bank. And then you have J.P. Morgan and Bank of America, Wells Fargo, and Citigroup. Then you have HSBC. And then you have the Bank of Spain and China Merchants Bank. Those are ginormous banks around the world. And actually, the American banks by market cap, J.P. Morgan and Bank of America, are the two biggest in the world. Now, where does all this come in? What's this whole Basel III thing? So the Fed, the, the, the international regulators want to ensure that the banks around the world have this massive pile of assets in case something were to happen, if there was an economic collapse, so that the governments don't have to bail them out. But there's a catch. There's always a catch. Who do you think the international regulators are? It's a bunch of socialists from Europe. And the Biden administration is all in on Basel III. So, you know, the net outcome of this is it would, in addition to making them have all this money, it would change the way they're allowed to lend money. So, you know who they can't lend, they would be restricted from lending money to? First time home buyers. Yeah. Because first time home buyers don't have a credit track record in mortgages, they would be restricted from giving first-time homebuyers loans without those loans being at a burdensome interest rate. And think about how burdensome interest rates are right now. So those of you who are young will be precluded from getting a mortgage from a big bank that can give you a better rate. You'll either have to have an inflated rate at the big bank or go to a small bank where you're going to have an automatic inflated rate because it's a smaller bank. You know who else will be hurt by the regulations? Private businesses. Now, not private in the sense that it's a it's a private business but publicly traded on the stock market, but a private business that is not publicly traded on the stock market. So, you own a mom-and-pop shop that's growing. Or you own a big business, but your business isn't traded on the stock exchange. So, for example... Um, I am an employee of Cox Media Group, which used to be owned by Cox Enterprises, which is a privately held company. It's not – you can't buy the stock on the stock exchange. It's privately held. Cox Enterprises is a massive corporation. 
but it'll be in a less competitive advantage for being lent to by banks because it's not publicly traded. The the socialists in charge of this Basel III program have decided that because publicly traded companies have to do SEC filings and stuff, they're probably more secure than a privately owned entity. Now, MCI WorldCom and Enron say what? Yeah, exactly. Uh, those companies were publicly traded and, and lied and had all sorts of economic fallout when they collapsed. They were publicly traded companies. And according to Basel III, they're more credit worthy than the privately held enterprise. So the upside of this is that initially they have a good reason for wanting these banks to keep this money. Because they don't want governments to have to bail out the major financial institutions. Now, the response of the financial institutions is, we already have the money. I mean, J.P. Morgan has $500 billion in cash right now. They have $3 trillion in assets, $500 billion that is in cash, sitting in it somewhere drawing interest to be able to cover their messes. Also, essentially, what Basel III is doing is saying you got to have all the money in the bank to be able to cover all every single one of your loans. If every single one of them went south, you got to be able to cover all of them at one time. Seriously, no bank is going to see 100% of their loans go into default, but that's what they got to cover. It's insane. Now, how does this affect you? Well, it affects you if you're home if you're a first-time home buyer. It affects you if you run a small business or a privately held business. But there's another impact as well. All the money that gets pulled out of the economy. Money is the grease that lubricates the mechanisms of the economy so that the economy runs smoothly. I mentioned yesterday, like politeness. Politeness is the verbal lubricant for conversation and trade. You say thank you. You say please. You may not really be thankful, but it's good manners. And those good manners keep people from being even more aggressive adversaries. As we see, for example, in Washington, D.C., good manners collapse, and the left and the right are like, yeah, screw that guy. We should have to be nice to him. What happens? Well, the the situation breaks down. Everybody's mad at each other. They're throwing punches. You got Matt Gates out there talking about Julio and Juan and, and whatnot. It's, what a bizarre dude. When the politeness goes away, the pleases and the thank yous go away, that the formal social politeness goes away, you add sand to the gears. Well, in the economy, money is the lubricant in the gears. And if these banks have to hold all this money, that money's not in the economy greasing the gears of the economy. So the economy slows down. The socialists who came up with this, they don't care about that. That's how this affects you more than anything else. You will see inflation come down, but then you'll see recession and stagnation because there's not enough money flowing in the economy. It's got to be held in a bank account somewhere, unable to be released into the economy to make loans and grow capital and build capital and give people wealth so that they can grow their businesses. The socialists of Europe have found the willing participant in the Federal Reserve and the FDIC with the Board of Governors picked by Joe Biden. They're down with this. They want to apply this. And you know who's fighting it? This is the funniest thing. The wokes and the capitalists are fighting it. Why are the wokes and the capitalists fighting together? Well, the wokes are fighting it in the name of racial justice. 
If the regulations go forward, it will disadvantage black households that have already struggled to build credit in the country. First-time home buyers who are in poor communities will be the most punished by the regulations. So the wokes are furious. They think it's a matter of racial justice. This whole thing's concocted by a bunch of white dudes in Europe. The capitalists are, of course, mad because they know the economic fallout. But you know the problem here is the Biden administration is looking at all this, and the geniuses are like, well, if we're making everybody mad, we must be doing something right. No, you're about to wreck the global economy because a group of socialists in Europe convinced you that the American banking system is too strong and needs to be made as weak as the European banking system. I would note again in the list of the top world banks— The United States and China dominate the list. There's only one European bank on it, HSBC. And the Europeans are totally fine wrecking the economies of the rest of us. And sadly for you and me, the Biden administration has decided to go along with this. Ironically, you know who's one of the, like, obstructionists? Yes, Jerome Powell, the guy we all hate, the head of the FDIC or the Federal Reserve. He's not sure it's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, you're on his side right now. Amazing how that works. Now, having bored you and regaled you with the tale of the socialists who are trying to take you over, we should discuss the Constitution and the Constitution Minute. So when we go into commercial break, you hear the Constitution Minute from Hillsdale College. A lot of people who take these courses online with Hillsdale College, some people probably will never get the opportunity to. You can with Hillsdale College. You can take these great free classes with Hillsdale and learn about the fundamentals of the Constitution. Larry Arn has committed Hillsdale College to preserve and protect and defend the ideas and founding principles of this country embedded within the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. They want to educate you so you can join them in that protection. If you go to ericforhillsdale.com today, you can get a free pocket Constitution for Hillsdale, and you can hear the Constitution Minutes. Eric, E-R-I-C-K, for Hillsdale.com. Not only can you hear them, you can pass them to your friends and family. Or what I do, started playing them for my kids. My kids going through American government right now, and they're great supplements. I'm making sure his teacher has them as well. You can get your free pocket constitution. You can share these with your kids. I mean, they're they're easy to understand. They're really, really easy to understand the fundamentals of the American Constitution. And for your friends, your liberal friends who don't think the Constitution is anything other than this living document that can change, it's a great reminder to them of what it's supposed to be. Eric for Hillsdale.com, E-R-I-C-K for Hillsdale.com. Get your free pocket constitution, but also not only listen to the Constitution Minutes, but forward them to your friends so they can learn from Hillsdale as well. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number 404. Oh, no. Wrong number. 877-973-7425. Let me take James's phone call here. James, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm real good. Eric, how are you today? Great. What's going on? Well, I, I'm calling to uh, make more people aware. It hasn't been in the news much about what's going on in Illinois. Which part? Well, they uh, 
they made the 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 government there made a requirement for gun owners to uh, register uh, what's called assault weapons. It's called the Illinois Assault Weapons Ban. They made it uh, illegal to sell or manufacture high-powered rifles like the AR-15 or the AK-47 in Illinois. And those who already own assault weapons in that state can keep them, but they're required to register them. And what right. I want my fellow gun owner to, to know and understand that uh, the people in Illinois are standing up to this. Only one per, less than one percent of those that own those weapons have registered, probably yeah. because they know that uh, confiscation is going to be a result of it. So, it, according to Best Estimate, I just pulled up this article from the Chicago Sun Times. There are. Uh, expectedly, uh, 69,000 AR-15s have been sold in Illinois on as of December 31st. Only 29,000 have been registered. Many people apparently lost their AR-15s in, in boating accidents um, sometime at the end of last year and so no longer have their <laughs> AR-15. Yeah, the whole thing is bizarre. I'm glad you raised this issue, James. Thanks for the phone call on this. Yeah, so Illinois, they're being sued over this, this registration. It's not registration of every gun, just a registration of AR-15s and quote-unquote assault rifles. So not your shotgun, not your regular rifle, not your shotgun. Um but your assault rifle, and, and there are like tactical, it depends on the look of the gun, essentially. And there are some gun stores that are um, uh, giving modifications to people so they can turn them into a bolt-action rifle and it can be taken back out if the ban is overturned. But it really is that they're trying to build a gun database of gun owners in Illinois so that they can come for people, undoubtedly. Um, terrible idea there. Terrible idea. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.